Hi, I'm David. And I'm Jordan. And this is Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, Shay is away. She's at Canada Games as the manager for the cycling team. And Jordan is going to guest host. And as a special show, because we have Jordan on the show, we're going to do his top 10 games. Uh, for regular listeners, you know, we talk about Jordan all the time. He is the rules lawyer <laughs> of the family Whoa. and the gaming group. <laughs> so Jordan, for your top 10, how, how, how'd you pick it? I went off games that I really enjoy playing, but something that sort of swayed where they ended up was how often I get to play them. Okay. So if there's a game that I really love, but I don't get to play that often, it's a lot lower than it would be if I got to play it as constant as some of the other ones. Okay, so you didn't use a ranking engine per se, you just looked at the games and said these are the ones, or thought about the games, and these are the ones that stood out to you. Yeah, they're the games that I always enjoy when I get them on the table, I have fun playing them, and I'm usually the one that gets to teach them half the time, so... Okay, uh... Did you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I had three honorable mentions. So, my first one is Smash Up. Okay. Which is a deck builder. You get two different factions. You mix their decks together, and you're trying to control certain territories. And I always had fun with it. We had one game where me and Mom were very stubborn on the rules, and it just sort of shut down, but... it's th There's cards that can leave themselves open to temptate or to interpretation yeah yeah okay what else is on there i also have champions of midgard okay a classic one one of shay's top ones i believe yeah it's in her top 10 pretty much every year and wingspan okay uh good elizabeth hargraves very approachable design and i always have fun i i hardly ever win in it but i always have fun getting birds and just doing random things excellent Okay, so uh, let's start with your number 10. Do you have any guesses? I, you know what, Jordan, I, I have an idea of what games are going to be in your top 10, uh, how you rank them. Uh, other than your top three, could be, they could be anywhere. Okay, so my first game is one for a lot of heavier gamers, people who like to sit down and play for a while. It's TI4, or Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Okay, so this is uh, 4X, 6 hours, 6 to 8 hours. Yeah, but I've always had fun playing it. There's so many different factions you can play as. Not that I've got to play with a whole bunch of different ones. I've only played with really two of them. But it's always so different playing as your faction. A different faction. Like, the one I was playing as initially was... You're always just, you can't research, but you can get it by killing other things and gaining their research. Yeah. The one I more recently played as could put wormholes anywhere and just teleport to those. Okay. So it's it's very asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a game that, because it takes so long, you don't get to play that often. No, we've pl we'll play it maybe once a year. Okay. But you look forward to it every time you play it. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you do an action that someone gets a little bitter about. But it, there's definitely, it, it's take that, right? Yeah. Or there's an a aspect of take that to the yeah. game. Uh, but I've never seen anybody take the game too seriously. No. The, they probably were doing it more just to bug me about it. Oh, for sure. 
<laughs> All right, so that is your number 10, uh, starting out with your, your big box game of the list. Uh, what's your number 9, John? Uh, number 9 is one that I was a little bit pleasantly surprised that it came onto the list, in my opinion, but I haven't played it as many times, but I really enjoy when I do play it, and it's Founders of Gloomhaven. Okay. So it has that sort of controlled economy where everyone gets their own money separately, but a lot of it is paying each other to do the actions, especially with four players, where it's all paying each other. Yeah, it's it's Tech Tree, the board game, mm-hmm. uh, and as you say, you know, you can't own all the resources, but you need to be able to, to get, get to, to most of them. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, it's, this is a solid game. Uh, one that we really haven't played near enough, I don't yeah. think. Okay, Jordan, what is your number eight? Number eight is a slightly big box, but it's not too big. It can be played solo, cooperative, or against each other. And it's Champions of Hara. Okay. So you each, again, you're asymmetric. Everyone has their own hero, and they all act completely differently. And you're going around the board in the competitive one. We haven't really played many cooperative. And you're just collecting energy, trying to get to the max energy, and get back to the start. Yeah, this this one, once more, asymmetric. Uh, I, I suspect this is going to show up a lot. Yeah. I, it's one of those mechanics that you really enjoy. I like being able to do my own thing and having seeing what other people are doing with their thing to be like, oh, how would I do this? Yeah. Yeah, and as you say, there's a bunch of scenarios in this one. We really, uh, Another one like Founders of Gloomhaven that we really haven't delved into as much as we could. Yeah. But every time we've played it, we've had a good time. Yeah, and each character is very different from the others, and you very much have to play to their strengths. Yeah, it's one of those ones... There's some asymmetric games where you you can can ignore the asymmetry of them and still do well. This one, you do have to embrace it, but I think some of that has to do with the uh, deck-building aspect of the game, right? Yeah. You know, they all have their own... Unique, unique deck. deck. And they all power off of certain things that they need to do. Yeah, they, 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 they give you a direction of how to play the game. Yeah. Okay, uh, there is an expansion for this one, which I really haven't seen, I don't think. Me neither. Yeah. I've seen it, I've looked at it, but not in person. No, like it's been online, but I don't think I've seen any of the shops yeah. with it. Okay, Jordan, that is your number eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into your number seven. Number seven, in all honesty, has a little bit of asymmetricness, but it's not as asymmetric as most of my other games from what I'm looking at. And it's one that you were pleasantly surprised by. It's Lords of Hellas. Yes. Okay. So this one is sort of a big... Or dudes on a map. 4X-ish. Uh, not quite. Not not really 4X, but it's multi-path to victory. Mm-hmm. Lots of different ways to win. The, or there's four different ways to win the game. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of plastic, lots of dudes on the map. And some really nice big figures. Yeah. It's, you know, this is what Awakened Realms, their first really big box game, or the one that really got them started along the, the path they're on right now. Uh the sequel's coming soon. Yeah, Lords of Ragnarok. I think the uh, late pledge just opened up for it. Uh, thing I like about this game is that 
you don't need to fight. You don't have to fight to win, but you can. Uh, you can also fight monsters. You can do it by area control. I, I like the different ways to win, so you can yeah. play to how you want to play the game. Uh, Each hero will act a little differently, but that's about it. Yeah, it's. I really like the fact that I picked this one up on a whim, and was really surprised with how tight the board or the gameplay in it was and how close we were in our first game like first game I won by one round yeah and, and really the every t- time we've played it it's come down to that last round yeah no, nobody's really walked away with it no uh, so what else brought or what else puts this in in your seventh spot for you well I guess it's Maybe a little fresher in my mind than some of the other ones in our collection, but it just... I like these more combative games. Yeah. Because of my family, I'm the Ameritrash gamer, in a way. I like combating, but most of my family is not that combative. So in this one, I get to be combative, but it's not destroying you guys just by fighting. It's, oh... You're now taking this territory. Okay, but all my guys are still over here. Yeah, it's not as negative, the fighting, right? Yeah. You know, you 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 take a you take a bit of a hit, but not nothing that's overly punishing, and you can still recover from it. Yeah. Uh, there are some games that we've played where if you take enough hits, you are not coming back, right? Oh, yeah. And, and this one does not do that. I, I think it's... It's really well balanced, and and a solid solid game in in that regard. And I also sort of like the theme of it, I guess, because I'm I do like reading like the Rick. I really when I was younger, I loved reading Rick Riordan with the Olympus and all that stuff. Percy Jackson stuff. Yeah. So it's steampunk Greek in yeah. a way. So yeah, it it has that mythology in it uh, with the uh, Greek gods. Mm-hmm. And it and plays heroes into and that in Heroes, yeah, exactly. But it's all on Mars, and it's all, like, sci-fi. There is a sci-fi tinge to it, definitely, but I... It's mythology with a sci-fi. Yeah, know? exactly. I, I think there's a thing for that, but I forget what it's called. Yeah, I don't know either. It's, you know, I, I get the the theme of it, or the... That aspect of it, but, but don't I, I don't get much. the sci- or the sci-fi or that aspect of it myself. Uh, I, I know the gods, I know that sort of idea behind it, and I, I like how it plays out in the game. Yeah. Okay, Jordan, let's go to your number six. So number six, so this one actually surprised me with where I placed it, but I felt, compared to all the ones ahead of it, that this is probably the proper spot for it. Okay. And it's one of my decked out games, like I've got everything that I can for this game. Okay. It's role player. Yes. Yeah, so role player is a dice placement game, uh, sort of like Sagrada, where you're rolling dice, you're drafting dice, and you're putting them onto your character board. board. You're building a D&D character. Yeah. Uh, you have both expansions for this. Yep. Uh, all the pr- Pretty much all the promos. I have the big box for it. The insert... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not much you don't have for this game. And and we have a lot of stuff in the role-player 
world. universe. Yeah, we have uh, pretty we got- much all cartographer stuff, and I got the Kickstarter for the adventures. Yeah, we haven't delved into adventures yet. You've played it a little I've bit played solo. It, I played the first mission solo. Okay. Which I enjoyed, and it will be it will be interesting if we play role player before, where because you can actually build your characters in role player and then move it in. But we're talking about role player. Yeah. Uh, so in role player. Uh, you have the two expansions, or like the two big expansions. Uh, if it was just role player, would it be this high on your list? Uh, hard to say. Like, maybe not. It might be like further up, but I still think it would be on the top 10 because I really do enjoy the style of it. Okay. But the they've this is one of the games that have done expansions well, where... Both expansions just improve upon the game and make it more. Yeah. Yeah, this is one like this is one I don't want to play without the expansions. Uh I would say Fiends and Familiars Fiends and Familiars you don't have to play is not the most necessary one. It's fun to play with. Yeah. But if you don't play with the Monsters and Minions or Yeah, that yeah. one. Monsters and Minions is a must play with. And I do like what Fiends and Familiars brings to the game and how it changes up uh, how you're drafting. Yeah, because you have to deal with these little fiends that are negative effects, but they only hit you if you take the higher value dice. Yeah, but yeah, the the first expansion is a must. The second expansion I don't think is a must. But it's good if you're wanting a little bit more. It it gives you an X level, but it it, it, it is solid and doesn't detract from the game. But I think of the two, the the first one is the mandatory one, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Okay. Uh, this is Board on the Air, and we are on CFCR. We're having a special episode tonight because Shay is away. Uh, we have Jordan guest hosting, and he is doing his top ten. Uh, we've covered his top five, or top bottom five. five. So ten to six. Ten to six with some... Uh, Honorable mentions passed yeah. out. He had three honorable mentions as well. Uh, we're getting into his top five. Uh, was there anything that really separated the bottom half from the top? I would say the main thing that separated the top half from the bottom is that a lot of the bottom ones, I get to play a little bit more often, or I've played a little bit more recently, so they might be a little bit more fresher in my mind to... So, that you, so you're saying the one to five you play more frequently. Yeah, they're okay. a little bit more frequent, and all of these games I will always sit down and play. It's just these ones I've got to play a little bit more of. For sure. Okay, Jordan, hit me with your number five. So this one is probably, yeah, it's the entrance to top five. Everyone in my family has a different favorite one of this series. This one's my personal favorite of it, and it is Raiders of the North Sea. Okay, Garfield Games, Shem Phillips, uh, one of my top two favorite designers, as as our listeners know. Uh, Raiders of the North Sea is a great game. Once more, this is one for me that needs both expansions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes it that much better. Yeah, uh, it, it brings it into that level. I don't know. I can't remember if this made my top ten, but it was. It might have been an honorable mention. I feel like you didn't add it in because you already had paladins in it, so you didn't want to have two of his. Well, that doesn't bother me. It's just I, paladins is my go-to of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, Raiders you, was in Shay's. Yeah, Shay loves Raiders. You love Paladins, and I'm the no Shay's Architects. She likes Raiders as well. Okay. Yeah, but Architects is another one of her her favorites. Yeah. Okay, so what? Uh, you place a worker, pick up a worker for your main t- action. Uh, you're building up your crew with Vikings, depending on what Vikings you're getting into your hand. You can build your crew certain ways. You can go rate raiding and you can get Jarls from that. You can just randomly kill off crew members, which sometimes do things when they die. There's so much in this game that I really enjoy. And it's another one of those games, similar to Wingspan, where I don't really care if I win or lose. I just have a blast playing it. it it's a, a solid, solid mechanic, and it, it's really the game that puts Shem on the, on the map for me. Uh, and the West Kingdom series just solidified that. <laughs> I... I am looking forward to his South. Yeah. Yes, so South series is coming right away. Uh, to me, this is his second best game after Paladins. Uh, I like Ar- Architects, but I, I think there's just more two Raiders for me. Yeah. Uh, and I like that timing mechanic of, I want to do this action, but I have to put one down, and there's a worker there already. So I have to do the other action before it. Yeah, and it, it throws off that timing. You don't think it sh- it would that much, but it pl- it's such a huge factor in the game. Even bigger when someone starts putting down the higher level workers to take actions, then everyone's like, okay, I want that worker. Well, yeah, you add in the, the color of the worker does different things as well in some of the spots, and it, it it's such a neat mechanic and so tight and well designed game and it can start off the early game everyone has these low level workers you're like oh yeah then at the end of the game there's maybe one or two left and everyone's like i kind of want that because that gets me more of these yeah yeah it's it is that nice balancing act that uh really strengthens that game Mm -hmm. okay jordan what's your number four number four is another game that i have pretty much everything for i don't, it's probably one of my lower played games of my games on this list. Okay. But that I played it more recently, and I just have a fun and even funnier is that it probably has one of my least favorite action mechanisms. So it, we're talking Teotihuacan. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has rondel movement for its action selection, and in most games I hate rondel movement. You, you've struggled with it. Yeah, and it, but this game, it just somehow clicks for me, and I get into a good flow with it. Yeah, it's one of those games that I really enjoy as well. It's one of the T-series, and I find that some games, the Rondell works so well in it, and other games, you just can't get it to click. Yeah. Uh, so it can be very punishing, or not very punishing, it can be very frustrating, I would say. Yeah. It, where you can't... You can't do what you want to do all the time. Yeah, you're struggling to get Coco. You're struggling to be able to do the actions you want to do. But it's such a good game. Yeah. Uh, It's probably the heaviest of that set. It's definitely the heaviest. And Mm -hmm. it's just so solid, though. Mm -hmm. It's Like I said, I have everything, so I have upgraded bits to put onto the pyramid, which is probably the best thing in the game just for someone who's going to walk by. You walk by and you see people building a pyramid in the middle of the game board. It, it, it's got a very tactile, very uh, good table presence. Uh, it's very brown still, but having those tiles and putting the decorations on it with just that little splash of color, 
and that whole rondelle movement it it's a big board and takes up a lot of the table so it you notice it when you play it yeah right or when you see people playing it oh yeah okay jordan what's your number three one thing i will say about my top three is at any point they could probably swap places with each other like these are are my favorite games to play and I just sort of sorted them based on how often I get to play them. So this could be 1A, 1B, and 1C, really. Yeah. Okay. So, number three, or 1C, is Scythe. Okay, well, your first big box game. First big box game, first game that I got everything for. You're, you're a bit of a collector with your top games. Of our family, if I really enjoy a game, I will deck it out. Yeah, you'll, you'll get everything. Not not that any of us don't. don't. <laughs> like your your mom's probably the Mom loves some fancy things but doesn't yeah. care as she, much. She doesn't buy as many games and she does so she doesn't deck out as many games. You are very heavy on metal coins. Yes, I love my coins. And Shay is very selective on what games she'll deck out. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so with Scythe, this is Jamie Stegmeyer's uh one of his big evergreen titles. Mm-hmm. Uh this is sort of dudes on a map, more engine building. With the lower player count engine, yeah. Yeah, there, there's interaction in it, but there's more interaction at a higher player count. Yeah, if you play with a lower player count, you're not going to have the tightness of the board, but you're going to be able to do your actions a little bit more cleaner, so you can play it quicker. For sure. Uh, this is a game where Jamie has said he's not releasing anything new for Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all the expansions, uh, all the promos, all the promos. I have the big box. I have the special rule booklet. The only thing I don't have in this game is upgraded meeples and the upgraded action selection tokens. Yeah, which to me is nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some expansions that are better than others. Once more, mm-hmm. uh, the Fenris one. I do enjoy the modules part added to it. The campaign ended a little abrupt. It there were there were weeks or days, whatever they however they broke it up, that just didn't fit with the grandiose of the game. Yeah, uh, and they, you could do them in ten minutes. Yeah, it it, it was a bit of a disappointment, uh, and really. What happened happened, right? Like yeah. we finished and it was it was one of those ones that could have been just a modular expansion and you choose what to use. Uh, it didn't have to play out as a campaign in my opinion. Yeah. I think my favorite thing from it are the two new factions. Yes. But they're both very difficult to play as. It, they're a next level, right? So it started out with five factions. Uh, the first expansion added two more, and then yeah. the second ex- ac- expansion added the airships, and then we got Fenris. Yes. And, and the airships is one of those ones that some people... Swear by. Swear by. Some people don't want it at all. Uh, I think it's better with higher player counts, because it lets you, if you have the meeples, to be able to transport the meeples around better. Yeah, it's... the sh- the ships, or in that expansion, it's modular as well, in that whatever card you flip over is what the power of those are going to have. So it's going to yeah. change every time you play that. Uh, but once more, uh, Jamie did a very good job on this game. Yeah, and the uh, art is beautiful. And 
Yes, and it's it's one of those ones that if you stare at the board long enough, you're going to see all the hidden stuff that uh, the artist did on the board. Like Santa Claus. And Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> Nessie. <laughs> I think the Lord of the Rings is on there. There's all sorts of stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, it is really one of those games that started the deluxification of games, where you before people would buy games and that's what they played with this one kept bringing out upgrades that people mm-hmm. could upgrade their game make it that much better and, and it was a big kickstarter for him oh yeah uh this is i believe the last kickstarter he did at that point he was i think he was financially secure and able to release games as he wanted to at that point yeah i would say so okay let's get to your number two so my number two is one of my other decked out games it's i think my only cooperative uh unless you include hara but yeah we don't <laughs> it's, it's my f- favorite cooperative we have and it's spirit island yeah so spirit island is i would say the most gamer cooperative game out there right now. Mm-hmm. many uh, people say it's the step up from pandemic it, it's a step up from any cooperative game right the i don't I can't think of a cooperative game that is it's as tough, right? Well, if unless you include Robinson Crusoe. Well, that's <laughs> different, right? This this I mean by mechanically yeah. hard. Right? There is a lot to this game, uh, and there's a lot of upkeep to this game. Yes. Which is always which is the nice thing to have someone who's played it before when you're playing it, because then they For can sure. manage it. For sure, and it does a good job of alleviating some of that alpha gamer that some cooperative games have problems with. Yeah, because you're all doing actions by cards in your hand and spending power to do them, but you can't specifically say what cards you're playing. You can say, oh, I'll be doing this. Yeah, yeah. it's not like Pandemic where everybody has the same actions and you can sort of explain to the person what they should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Cooperative games don't always work well in our family. Because me and Mom are both very dominant in what we like to do. Well, and you've both played a lot of the cooperative a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one, we can play as a family, and it works for us. Uh, Great game. Uh, New expansion coming with some more... uh, With the promo factions and two other... Yeah. I mean, not factions. Spirits. (laughs) Two spirits. And then there's also a mainstream game version of this coming for three players... Uh, sometime next year, I believe. Hmm, I didn't hear about that. Yes, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's it's basically going to be in the big box stores, and you can use those factions with the Neat. regular game, but it's also a standalone game that people can get into easier. Nice. Okay, Jordan, number one. Number one. My favorite game of all time. I'm sure Dad is completely not able to guess what it is, it's Power Grid. No, it's, it's Clank in Space. Clank in Space, uh, your favorite deck builder, uh, game that we probably play a lot. It's one of our most popular games. Yeah, it's... We like deck builders. Oh. Uh, this one, we like deck builders with a board. Yeah. Right? And this one does it probably the best of any of the deck builders that I've played. Yeah, I... And I have all the expansions for this one as well. So. Yeah, and, and all of them work. Right? Yeah. There, there's no expansion that if you brought out, I'd be like, no, I don't want to play that. Right? I will play with all the expansions, but I'll also play just base game as well. Yeah, it's one of those games that you don't need the expansions, 
but it works well with them and you can enjoy them with it. It doesn't change the game to the point where it's like, uh, what are we playing now? <laughs> exactly. It's it, none of them detract from the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, as usual with the thing, you have your deck, draw five cards, play the cards, and you have movement, money, attack, and stumbles. For sure. <laughs> you always get the stumbles. Yeah. Yeah, this is a solid, solid game, and a, and a great game to end your list on. Yeah, it's... It, it, yeah, those, like I said, though, those top three can swap at any point. Like, it depends on what my mood is or if I played it recently. For sure. Okay, I'm David. And I'm Jordan. And we will talk to you next week.